So yeah, it's about the top five things people can do to kind of power up or to help boost their website when they're kicking off. Um, a lot of the time, people will create a website or get a friend to or get a family member or someone, and then they just kind of knock it together as quick as they can. They don't always add in Google integration. They don't take the time to work on their SEO. So these are just five things you should always have or think about when you're creating your site. Um, first one we're looking at is speed. So how to make sure it loads fast, it works on mobile, you're getting the best experience for the user. Um, when I first tried a site, it was taking I don't know, five, six seconds. People were less likely to go on it. So I'm gonna give you a resource so you can check and know what to do to speed up your site. Um, then looking at Google, unfortunately, like 90% of the world uses Google Chrome, so you really do have to be on there. Uh, there's a free platform you can use to showcase yourself, to add content, to really give, give yourself a home on Google and also to get reviews to build up your reputation. Thirdly, we're looking at understanding where your traffic is coming from. So if you've got a new website, uh, this is the analytics to show you um, what you're doing to create customers, how they're getting there, and how long they're spending on your site. Um, I will, we'll do the basics today. It's quite, you can, you can get as involved in this one as you want, um, but I'd say start small, have it set up, and then we'll maybe manage it on every three to six months, go back and have a look at it. The fourth one, especially for Visma and Rain at the moment, how to turn your leads into customers with a simple funnel. So that's looking at maybe a landing page, a piece of content, some kind of thought leadership or something that you can create that will tell people about who you are, what you're doing. Uh, for example, these, these bite-sized marketing guides, it's a good example of like a lead magnet because it's giving people a taste. They then come to the site and then they engage and then you can over time build them into customers. And I'll, I'll also do a separate one for you to just on landing pages as well. And then the fifth part is actually just about maintaining it. Um, so a lot of people, they'll host their site um, I actually do host it myself, but they won't necessarily think about the backups or the updates or the security. So maybe three, six, nine months down the line, you might get errors, your site might start to crash. If you're busy in your business, you might not know for a week or two that your site's completely down. So there's some things you can do just to make sure that it's running safely in the background. So to start with, page speed, very important. Um, I just used Apple as an example to show you that even the biggest, most uh, like expensive tech companies in the world aren't always completely perfect. You can see they're getting a rating of 81 out of 100 and a load time of three and a half seconds. Um, there's this tool here, there's two tools, GT Metrics and PageSpeed Insights. And I'm now just going to go and show you how those work. So give me a second to load up the other screen. So there's a website called gtmetrics.com, which I'll give you the link to. Uh, you would put your web domain in the top and then it will pull off this free speed report for you to show you <clears throat> not only why, not only um, how fast it is, but what you can do to improve it. So as you go down on any of these, uh, these factors, you can click and it will tell you exactly what's wrong. Uh, what you would do then is just copy and paste that, send that to maybe a tech person if you're not too sure. Um, and then they can work that out for you, or you can use plugins. So there's a plugin that I use for a lot of my sites called WP Supercache. Um, I'll just put that in the chat quickly. 
And I know that, to be fair, three of you, I'm hosting your website, so that will come as standard. What that does is it creates a, a copy of your site on the internet. So when someone loads up your site, they don't have to load it from scratch every time. It's like they're getting a quick access, like a, a, a simple version of it that can load within about half a second to a second, and then it can pull out the, the other elements. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll add these links in the chat now. So the WP Supercache, GT Metrics, and Page Speed Insights. Um, really, if you're, if you're new or for this, all you'd have to really care about is the fully loaded time. Um, between four and five seconds is acceptable. Over five seconds is a bit of an, a bit of an issue. But obviously, the closer to one second you can get, the better. And you can, you can see here that um, one second, it gives you some more recommendations. It then actually shows you what is taking time. So not only are my sites taking five seconds, but you can see the plugins, you can see the images that you've put on there that are really slowing it down. Um, every single site I've, I've worked on, the images are always too big. People will take big, glossy DSLR pictures, throw them on their site, and it kills a site. Um, so I can't stress enough how much how much of a difference images can actually make to your site, how much they can slow them down. Uh, I'm just going to show you a tool very quickly. Hold on, I'll just pause the share. Um, I just want to show you a page uh, loading tool. One second. So if if you are if you've got a lot of photography, if you've got images of your customers or your products on your website, or even if in uh, Mufadzi's case, you might have all these nice images of the bottles and the packaging. You really do have to use a site like Bulk Resize Photos. You drag your images in, let me just do an example. And then you would select, uh, I, I'd give you recommendations, the width, say for, for a small image would be 500. And you can do this in bulk. And you can really, well, depending on the size, you can really shrink it down maybe 10, 20 times the smaller than it originally was. Obviously, I use a tiny logo to start, which I've already optimized. That wasn't a great example. Um, the other option is uh, PageSpeed Insights. So I don't know if any of you have come across this before. Nope. Yeah. Same, same kind of idea. You, go, you type in your domain, you test your domain here. It gives you a report. And it tells you on mobile and then on desktop what your speed's like. Uh, to be honest, your mobile speed's always going to be about half of your desktop. It's just that's natural. I mean, you, this is all the big players. Everyone will always have a slower mobile than desktop just because of the way that the infrastructure works and the, the 3G estimation and stuff like that. But again, you can just see not only the kind of the issues, how, physically, how long it's taken, that's every kind of tenth of a second. And then you can go down and you can see, all, like, basically, you'd find this out. If you can't fix it yourself, you can Google it or pass it on someone like me who can help you out with this. So that's really, yeah, how to speed up your site. Can't stress enough page speed, GT metrics, and bulk resize photos will do you much, like, it will help tenfold. It will go from being an eight-second site to a two-second site, which will mean uh, customers are more likely to stay on your site, especially if you're working internationally or with people who might not have broadband or 4G. 
if someone's running the site off of a 3G phone, they're going to notice a huge improvement. Um, have any of you got Google Business? No. No. Um, it's a, I've actually got, I think it was Power Hour 4. Um, one of the guides I've done is purely start to finish how to create this and the benefits of it. I'm just going to go to my own Google business just to give you a rough. Um, so whenever, if someone finds you on Google Maps or if they come across uh, your profile, uh, this is a place where you can have images for your site. All your, all your reviews can stay in one place. Um, all the services you offer and then also all of the content. And because basically Google loves itself, the more time you spend uh, adding your content, adding your products in here, the better, the better position they're going to place you. So it, help, it will help your ranking over time because you have a more detailed, more useful kind of uh, profile for them. So here I've just added in some images of um, working together, giving training one-to-one -one, so people can really see what I'm doing, whether it's working face-to-face -face or as part of a larger group or just general kind of buzzwords. Um, let's have a look, book launches. You can even put your print material. So if you create a flyer or an advert, this is a nice place to just post it online so people can come back to it. Um, so if I go back, one sec. It's a free account to set up. Um, again, I'll send you all a link for Power Hour 4. Um, but you just go to info and then you just start filling out your address, your, your, all your details, your opening hours, your booking links. Something that's really, really important is Google will only uh, share your appointment link. So even if you don't take appointments, even if you have a one-page website, always, always, always have a link down here. Even if it's the same on the home page, make sure you include that one. And then this is a chance for you to add your products and services. Um, if you want to, you can even sell on Google. So if you add your products in there, you can go to a, a product catalog and sell directly on the shopping page of Google. Google my business in the Google uh, package, as in I've got Google and Google spreadsheets and Drive. And... No, it's a, no, it's a business first uh, okay. piece of software. So when I, when I first started out uh, freelance, I was basically just creating these for people. Uh, not surprisingly, not many people know about it. Mm. So if you, literally, if you go to Google and do, oops, sorry, I'll go to the search. Google my business. You'll get this here, drive customer engagement on Google. And then you'd sign in using your Google account. And then it will give you a dashboard that you can work through, which would look like this. The other main, other one thing is when you're asking for testimonials or getting reviews, try and always keep them in one place and try and keep them somewhere where people have to sign in. So whenever I, whenever I have like a happy client or I do a nice project, I'd ask them if, if they like the work to go back and give a bit of feedback. And now I've actually got comments from people saying oh, like you've got completely five star reviews or the feedback is amazing. And also they can, for some reason, all of the feedback is matching up. They're all saying about me going the extra mile being helpful and being accessible. So it's a good way of building up trust and people to know what you're like before they even start working with you. Um, so yeah, all, yeah, maybe you can create a link for this. If you do have a maps result, one second, if you have your maps result and then you want to share a link so people can actually see that, see, see your reviews, etc. 
you type, you go to your maps, go to share, and then you copy this link. And then if you email it to someone, if you attach an email signature or ask for a review, this is how you would give them a place to, to review you and to leave all the comments. Um, I will just put a note in the chat for that as well. Again, power hour four says it's start to finish, or if you'd like, I can also work for you to complete it. Uh, let me go. So now we've looked at yeah how to drive organic traffic from Google, from Google. Organic basically means not paid and through search. So if um, I personally am not a fan of advertising, I think norm, for most smaller businesses it's a bit of a waste of money. So everything I try and do is around kind of uh, cost-effective uh, promotion, marketing, content without the need for paid ads. And this is like the, the best place to start. So yeah, if you've built your site and you're about to go live, but you don't know if, if it's just your friends going on the site or like spammers in India or potential clients or whatever it is, you need something like Google Analytics to be set up so it can tell you where they're coming from. Um, it's a great tool because once you set it once, it's there for life. You don't, have to you don't have to maintain it too much. Unless you're setting up specific goals related to sales, everything else just happens naturally in the background. So for example, um, every site I set up will come with this included. And then if you want, I can give you some one-to-one -one training on how to make sense of the data, how to understand it. Um, I'm just going to pause this. So as like an overview, uh, you can see obviously users over time, uh, users by time of the day, so I know obviously that between 9 a.m. and kind of 3 p.m., 2 p.m. is where I get most of my traffic, especially like middle of the week. So that, that's another way to know when to, when to focus your marketing as well. Uh, it can show you the pages that people are going to, how long they're spending on those pages, and also conversions. So if, um, I've, I'll do a longer one on this, but if you're starting out for the first time, We'd install Google Analytics on your site. Then after three months, you just go to audience overview. Um, sorry, my door's just open. Uh, audience overview, and it will show all of the, the users, how many sessions they're taking, how long they're spending on your site. Generally, if they're getting an average duration of more than a minute, that means that people are actually taking time to look through your site. So you can see here I've got 1,200 users, 4,000 page views, so people are naturally like going from one page to the other. They might go from the home to the content, to the products, whatever it is. You can see they're actually using the site, not just bouncing onto it and bouncing off of it. The second thing, so the first one is audience overview. The second one is acquisition overview. And that shows you where your leads are coming from. So direct is when someone directly types in your, your web address. They might have your business card, they might have your details, or then they know it from memory. Referral is uh, your Facebook, your partners, anyone who links to your site. So if someone creates a link and then a customer clicks on it, that's a referral. Obviously your social media. Uh, organic search is when they find you on Google. Um, if you have any email marketing, so I use MailerLite for email campaigns, which I'm, I think all of you have received now. 
this will show how many of my visitors come from email. And then also uh, other, let's see what other is today. This is normally kind of obscure. Oh, that's Facebook advertising. Let's go back. Um, again, this software can get really, really advanced and really, really simple. And I would stress just to start with audience overview and acquisition overview. And then as you get more used to it, or if you want me to create a dashboard, you can kind of compare uh, who, for example, how long people are spending on your site based on where they're coming from. So I know from here that I get um, a high bounce rate, so less engagement from uh, other. Whereas if you're looking at something like referrals, like no one is leaving the site. So everyone who, who's been recommend, I've been recommended by, those people are going on and they're engaging with the site and they're spending one, two, three, possibly three minutes on it. Uh, the only other thing to touch on is behavior. So again, this is looking at which pages people are using. So if you're creating a home page and about, and then you're creating like a piece of content, this is how you would tell um, how, how, much, how interesting your pieces of content are for people. Uh, I'm just going to add the link in. I've actually got the link down here. So if you guys want to just make a note of analytics.google.com. Um, again, for Visma, Rain, and um, Mufadzi, I'll set this up for you so you have like a basic one of these when we finish building your sites. Also, a little bonus tip. The other one that plugs into this is Google Search Console. I know I've touched on it before, but it's... Google Search Console and Google Analytics run hand in hand. It tells you um, how your site looks on Google, if there's any issues, if any of your text or your images, or if there's anything wrong with it at all, uh, how it looks on mobile, and also um, what site maps you've provided. So something I'll do when I set up your site is create a site map to tell Google all the pages on your site. And that's, you know, I don't know if you've heard of like indexing or site maps. It's, it's, it really is just you saying, Google, here's all my pages, this is all my content, I want you to share this with the world. And you would do that here. Um, again, I can do a longer one on how to create that and how to share that. Um, but again, the best thing about these is you, you do them once, you set them up, and they just they live in the background, they're working for you all the time without you needing to do anything. Um, I don't know if any of you were there for Power Hour 14. Once you set up the tracking tools, you work out um, where your customers are. Then you create uh, marketing channels and lead magnets to attract those customers. You might find a, a beauty Facebook group or you might know a, a community of people who go to spas and you would market to them directly and say, look, I've got this new product. Would you like to try it, to trial it or to, to have a discount, whatever it is? And you would create something specifically for a group. Uh, in my example, I work with small businesses and generally those using WordPress. So I, I would create, uh, as this is, like a guide or a cheat sheet or an FAQ on how to get started with WordPress. I would then specifically target that group and say, look, um, I know you're looking for this. Here's a free article that will get you 90% of the way. Once you build up trust, you go back and you give them more reasons. So this is where content will come into it. So maybe every month or every six weeks, 
you write uh, maybe a short article explaining a benefit of your business. And then once people are going back and they're reading the content and they're understanding your story, then you can turn them from like a lead into a customer, into a returning customer. And then obviously the whole way through, you'd be monitoring, to so be using Google Analytics to monitor those results. Um, again, I, this was about six weeks ago we covered this, but you've got everything from start to finish here. This will go through what we've covered today and how to build up those, those, those landing pages, how to drive those customers like from start to finish. Um, if you need it, I'll just put that in the chat as well. So I can just email you this chat afterwards and you'll have everything kind of written out. Right. Um, there is some crossover. So obviously this goes into more detail about analytics and search console because they're the foundations of like tracking in your site. Um, let's go back. But really the main thing is to find, to find a value. So if you're, if you're offering learning for therapists and then you want to engage with them, you maybe give them a taste and you show them what they're missing. You, you tell them about the CPD they can get, or you tell them about a case study, the benefits someone else has received from that, rather than just saying, hey, I've got a product, check it out. You'd say, oh, um, Joe Bloggs has managed to get 10 more clients a month by using this software. They're able now to deal with new areas of anxiety and stress and therefore widening their service. If you try it out for free for 30 days, and that way you'll get a much better conversion, a much better experience on your site. Would that be popped on a blog or something? Uh, so we're, funnily enough, the next power hour is on, on a whole bit on content. So it's how you would structure your content. Uh, Mufadzi, I think when we spoke last, I mentioned, uh, so you, basically for me, I create an idea of my content for the next three months. So what I would like to write about. Yeah. You then write it and you put it on your site. So as I've gone through everything I have starts on my website and then you would share that out to Facebook, to Google. Uh, again, when I mentioned uh, here, you've got, you've got your updates and your posts. This is a really good place to actually uh, repurpose your content. So if you imagine you write the content once and then you share it out 10, 15 times to different channels. Um, I don't know if any of you ever worked with a PR agency or done any kind of PR in the past. No. Um, but that's I've worked with a PR, but only as an EA, so I wouldn't really. Okay. I mean, again, I can work, like, if you want, I can help you to build up, like, a, a checklist. So maybe next, uh, in two weeks, we can look at uh, stage one would be to create your content. Stage two would then be to find all the different places you want to share it. Um, but every time you share it, make sure that you link back to your site. So when I put this on Facebook or LinkedIn or Google, Bing, wherever it is, I'll always reference my site so people can come back and see the rest of it. So you're kind of, you're using your website as like a, a honeypot yeah. and you're giving people tasters and you're bringing them back into your site. Um, but yeah, that will be two weeks, Friday, 4th of September. We're going to do a proper intensive one on content creation. I'm, and, and by sharing um, that, are you doing it from your Google business or are you doing it from Facebook to LinkedIn to wherever? So there's a whole process. Yeah. Uh, so basically, as I mentioned, you start with your website and then you share links from your website. Okay. So I would literally create the article find, uh, as a post on my WordPress website. It all start as a kind of a post. Mm. 
um, you then create a really nice short permalink. I can't stress, don't, don't use a whole title, do something quick and snappy that relates to it. So each of mine have power hour number and then topic, topic uh, title. You copy that and then I would take that to, I'd make a list, take it to Facebook, to Meetup, to LinkedIn, to Google, to Bing, uh, to medium.com, to some, third, some partners, to the local newspapers, to whoever it's gonna be, we, we can create this list. And then every time you create content, you share that with them. Um, something that's really powerful is um, Facebook groups. So I, I kind of manage um, SME Force for Good, Chiswick Lunch Break, Enterprise Network, and some other Facebook groups. I'm sure you, most of you have probably seen, seen my, uh, my marketing on there in the past. Um, but that's where you can go and you can like, share your content with other people. So if there's one on, say, the VA handbook or e-learning course handbook or something like that, you'd, you'd have to find those groups to share your content. So that's, it's almost like making, yeah, like a, again, like a checklist, like a plan of attack. Do any of you, are you any of you active on Facebook or LinkedIn groups? Yeah, I've got a Facebook group that I've just started. And have you got any others that maybe you haven't started, but you're piggybacking on other people's success? So is there, for example, I use Freelancer Heroes is a really good one. Um, and there's some like really big kind of bubbly communities on Facebook that you can make use of. I didn't, is that directed to me? Uh, kind of in general, really. Like if you're uh, like having your own business or starting to try and raise awareness, you can use Facebook as a way to expand your reach. So I know, I know I'm, I'm actually doing an SEO course for a therapist group. It's a Facebook group just for therapists inside of London. But I know there's already 1,650 people there in that group who are actively looking for like, for a website and for marketing support. So it's, yeah, it's worth taking the time just to do a bit of a search on Facebook. You could literally just go, excuse anything you see. You might see my personal stuff here. Uh, Africa, can you say, I'll do e-learning. Yep. Sorry, does someone I know have that the Facebook, Yes, I have a question. I know that Facebook groups have a very strict rules mm -hmm. for not pitching mm -hmm. because they usually the etiquette is to share helpful information, maybe ask questions. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm very um, hesitant about sharing the link or telling about my expertise mm -hmm. in the fear of how it's going to be perceived. So any tips? How uh, do you that do? really depends on the groups. So again, mm. it's, it's, let me just uh, go back. Give me one second. If I go to my groups, you will learn which ones you can and cannot share on some of them. Obviously some groups are better than others. See this one, you can all go in and you can actually put your, um, like growing the community and introduce yourself, showing what you can do. So we're saying actively, actively on this one, post what you're doing, post your events and your updates. And then if you go to Chiswick Lunch Break, it's exactly the same. You'll see that people are, are using it to showcase their business. Visma, if you want, we can go through another time and make a list of like maybe the top five you should be active on and the five that you can support and help out on. Yes. Thanks. Yeah, that would be useful. Um, again, we'll do a huge thing on content. I can't like, you can't ignore content, no matter what industry, no matter who, what kind of customers you have. 
content is a you're improving your seo but you're also building up a story so people will will come back to you like for example thank you obviously rain and visna for coming here four five six times i think it's because you know that the kind of topics you know the content that we're going to be offering and that's what you'd want to do with your own marketing mm-hmm. uh, and then um, so basically i offer hosting but i'm getting more and more people calling me saying oh can you do my WordPress updates? Can you do my security, my backups? Are my site's broken? Can you fix it? Um, but a lot of the time, they're not really aware of it until, until a client tells them. So they might have created the site, then they're working hard at their job. Maybe, for example, in Vincent's case, you're doing your day, your day job and you don't have time to always check back on the site. So that's why now I'm looking into kind of care plans. So rather than, if any of you wanted... Uh, your up, plug-in updates, theme updates, backups, uh, your security, or maybe, I don't know if you've heard of a staging website. So if you're, if you're developing your site and you're adding in a new feature, you don't want people to see that before it's ready. So we can create a staging website for you to work in the background so people only get from the old to the new without having any kind of disruption. Uh, or if you want to set up a maintenance mode so you, you can work on the site, um, and then also your SEO and your kind of like your monthly management. So I'm working with uh, Chiswick Buzz, like a media com- uh, TV uh, company in Chiswick, and they want someone to be there to manage it, to do all of these kind of things. Um, so that's why now from, I believe next week, we're going to offer a range of different kind of care plans. So it could be £10 a month to check up on your updates, or it could be you want uh, some discounted actual like one hour a month, two hour a month of time to develop your site. Um, I was, I'm actually, that's probably within the next 10 days, I was going to ask you guys feedback on what kind of things you'd like someone to help you out with, like on a regular basis. If there's every four times a year, if there's something that you, you don't really want to be doing, but I could maybe help out with, it'd be good to get an idea. Or even just like general SEO. So if you wanted to, to know that you're going up the rankings and to have reports every month and to have someone improving your presence on Google as something will kind of factor into it. Um, some, oh, there's one final thing actually. Um, I don't know. I don't think any of you were there for power hour 14. Um, but have any of you used HubSpot or a CRM in the past? I used it. I used it in the past. Okay. Did you get on with it? Did you like it? I I loved it. So I used the free CRM Mm -hmm. and then I got so busy in my job (laughs) because I was using CRM for personal reasons. And then I got so busy with CRM, I missed their emails and updates and they just wiped out the whole thing. So one of the huge advantages of HubSpot is that they have lots of free advice there and courses and everything. But one of the disadvantages or something that I found that there is no way to export the data. Oh, there is. Kind of, yeah. I, I looked at it at the beginning when I was setting it up. You know, it's, it's sort of, and if something happens and you're not active on it for a few months, they just wipe the whole thing slate clean. That's it. All my, all my data is gone. All my people that I was putting in there. Oh, because, um, so when I, because I, I use HubSpot, I, I wanted a free CRM. There's Copper and Salesforce, Marketo, etc. I really like the HubSpot free plan. Um, mm. And then when I was creating my uh, email campaign, so I used something called MailerLite, which is a free email platform. Mm. 
And I wanted to take all of my contacts and import them into MailerLite. And you can, you can go to your reports, you can oh, export yeah. your report as a CSV, and you can have all of your contacts and all the information as an Excel. Okay. You can do that now. It may be a new feature, but you can now do that from within. So probably it wasn't before. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. So you just, I mean, yeah, I per, I'm, like, find this very intuitive and it works with uh, G Suite. So every time you send an email, it will log that email in your CRM. Every time you put an appointment, it keeps it all in one place. Um, I, because it's sensitive data, I can't log in and show you at the moment. Mm -hmm. But for the for the other people, it's just um, let me give you an example. Just two seconds. Uh, it obviously, can give you live chat. So if you're on Facebook or someone goes onto your site, they can get like the the bot, or it can actually go to to you as a person. You can create your landing pages. Uh, you can look at your ad management and your forms. So all the forms on my site, uh, go to the bottom of every one, this form, as soon as you set that up and you click there, that takes the data and puts it in HubSpot and also puts it in MailerLite. Is there any initial questions, any ideas people have got? I have one about Google Analytics. So I personally haven't used Google Analytics for my thing that I'm doing, but mm -hmm. in my previous uh, job, uh, I remember that there were issues. Um, I wasn't directly managing that, but uh, every time I would ask a, a guy, go to guy for a question, he would say, oh, I can't give you that data. Our, our Google Analytics wasn't set up properly. So therefore my question is, can you think of any top three mistakes to avoid at the beginning for us so that we don't get into a situation like that where you know, we can't actually get any data that we actually want. So your um, so Google Analytics, you have to set it up properly in your site. So there's, a, I use a plugin called um, Google Site SiteKit, mm -hmm. and that means that you know for a fact that your Search Console and your analytics is working, and you can test it. Mm -hmm. um, if you just hard code, um, I'll try and show you very quickly. One second, just so you get a bit of an idea. So if I go to my site. And then I decide to add in the HTML for Google Analytics, mm -hmm. and then I update my theme. Or I, I, I for example, if you're if you're updating your site and you don't know the code is actually built into the header, then you can stop the tracking. If you go and install it, give me a second. If you have it installed within a plugin or within um, a secure uh, bit of code, so in my case, it is. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Google, this Google Analytics here. I've also looked mm -hmm. at the site kit, but I know that that's always going to be working in the background. Mm -hmm. Whereas a developer might chuck it in the code, but they might go on holiday, someone else changes the theme, updates the design, and it's gone. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, pardon? Yeah, I, then I can see the issues, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, that comes back to that having the care plan. So someone checking on it every month to make sure that it's all working correctly. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, analytics and site kit, uh, one second. This is the one that oh, should come up. Just give it a second. 
Sidekick by Google is quite new. It's only been out for a few months, mm-hmm. um, but it really does. It gives you um, a little dashboard inside WordPress, and it also makes sure that they're both connected. So here you can get your Search Console, your Analytics, your AdSense, your Page Speed that I mentioned earlier, Tag Managers. Uh, tag Managers, a bit. You want none of you will have to worry about Tag Managers. That's for like e-commerce and kind of some advanced sites. Um, so this is a really good way to not have that, that issue. Brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, in your case, most of that will be done for you anyway. So um, Fadza, as part of the marketing campaign, we'll, I'll go through all of that and, make, and show you what we've done and how it's been done as well. Yep. Fantastic. The idea is you'll get the site and you'll know that you'll have the analytics, you'll have Google Business, you'll have your content. Everything will be um, as part of like a, a longer strategy. Brilliant. Exciting. Okay. Bisma, when you were working in, in the other company, uh, yes. apart from analytics, did did they use anything like Salesforce or any kind of any anything else that might be useful? No, no, that was uh, they were a very traditional company, and um, so <clears throat> so they were very resistant to using any kind of database. Eventually, they decided to have one custom built for them. Okay. Or, the, or a very expensive thing. Um, it's kind of a um, third-party company that customizes and builds uh, CRMs for educational and charity sector. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, yeah, so it wasn't really, yeah, they didn't want to buy just off-the-shelf solution. Probably would be much easier to manage. So, so they were selling different products, so it was an educational company. So they were selling the main flagship product, which was a diploma course, and they were tr- they were using CRMs just for one purpose, mm. just to track all their leads and and con- uh, you know manage the process converting them to a student. And then once they became a student, they were offloaded of that CRM, and mm. then they went into student database that sat on another in another place oh, but they were not using CRM really effectively to to manage uh, other products that they were you know I was managing the CPD program mm. and they, it was kind of an afterthought I said well what about you know I have 3,000 customers here we could do something with this <laughs> so it was kind of uphill struggle for me all the time or the things that I wanted to do so I ended up just uh, taking an Excel sheet and going to war with that. Doing, I was doing my analytics manually mm-hmm. and I was having more value from that than using CRM. CRM wasn't really helpful in that case. Mm-hmm. Okay. And something I should, I think I mentioned earlier, but you should always try and have a backup. So for any CRM, mm-hmm. you should always have an Excel or a hard copy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if any of you were there last week when we touched on Zapier. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just show you, this might be helpful for anyone worried about the data, wants to make sure that it's, it's being, being like backed up basically. Uh, let me just go, actually, my top browser is blocked because of the zoom window. So Zapier is an automation tool. Um, let me just log in. Just give it two seconds. 
So what you can do with this is every time something does go into your CRM, every time you do create a record. Um, so here, for example, every time uh, I get a HubSpot contact, it will add it to MailerLite. Every time I get a new subscriber or a new contact, it will automatically put it into an Excel. So that if in six months, as you said, your HubSpot goes down or your website crashes or the worst happens, you leave the company or whatever it is, you've automatically got everything backed up as an Excel doc. Um, I'll be doing the highlights for that later, but yeah, that's, it's kind of like adding an extra layer of protection to all of your data. Would you guys be interested in the content then for the 4th of September? So it's looking at, yeah, creating your own content calendar. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the most time consuming things, isn't it? Coming up with content and, you know, making sure that you're not constantly trying to catch up on yourself and that you have it mm. laid out. Hopefully, you know, you can sort of organize two to three months type of... That's very optimistic. I'd love to be in that position myself, but yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> like with these guides, I'll basically, within the month, people will ask me questions and then I pick the most popular questions and then try and feature these around it. But for you, you might, for example, you might have seasonal stuff. So it might be in the spring or whenever the harvest is for those, that, for the nuts. You mm. could create something around how it's organic and natural and then build up like a, yeah, like a three-month series. Yeah. I know for Vincent, for your education, your e-learning, is it timely? Is it something seasonal or would it just be like regular kind of posts? Um, it, it is some of it seasonal because they're... For the main, for the law, there are main, there are two exam windows in the year. Mm -hmm. So one in January and one in uh, June, normally. Um, so we do, we, we do a lot of, um, or we, ha we have a plan around that, where obviously we do, uh, we do a series of like pre-exam um, support type things leading up to the exams. Mm. And then uh, sort of up, we also sort of look at, well, are you looking at your next units? Because a lot of the people who are doing these, they're building up a number of units, maybe over two, three, four, five years. Because mm -hmm. obviously they're, they're working as well. So you're just trying to, you know, so hook people while well, you're preparing for this exam. But then what do you want to do next to build up the right? It's, it's a lot more structured because, the, because of the types of exams they do and the type of courses they have to build up certain ones together. Um, but you're always trying to not not necessarily poach people, but obviously you're looking at people who are doing their exams, maybe, especially in the current climate, a lot of people who are doing them in a college, of, all of a sudden the colleges were shut and they go, so we're saying, well, we're an alternative to going to a college. You can do it all online. We have tutors that use Zoom. So they have online tutor sessions, one-to-one -one with Zoom. So it's sort of that thing of, of, given these people alternatives to um, uh, to go in physically into a college or into a learning a classroom. Okay, and I think something, um, when I think about your model, it might be worth having uh, two sets of emails. So one which is timely that goes out before the events, maybe like six weeks before the exams with some revision guides. Mm -hmm. But then also when someone joins, you could have an automation series. So when they join or when they register for something, you welcome them. And then every, say, two to four weeks, you give them some more information. Right. So for my, like, you could have both of those kind of email series running um, in tandem together. And you get, a, normally you get a much better kind of engagement rate. Okay. 
Um, it's quite. If you use something like are you using Mailchimp, MailerLite, acting we like use Ma we use Mailchimp. Okay, yeah. So this um, you can do both of those. The automation series, um, you basically set a trigger, so someone would join the group, and then you would set a timely response. So every two weeks, or when they go back to the website, you would send them something else as part of the series. Right. Um, okay. I can send you some links on do. I mean, I do that with MailerLite, but it's the same principle with Mailchimp. Okay. You might, they'll probably capture some, some of the extra people, someone who maybe isn't going for the exam, but has gone to the site, hasn't interacted with you. It will capture both of those. Yeah. Okay. Is anyone else doing email marketing or not? I, not at this point. I know, sorry, I know Mufadzi, you set up two emails in MailChimp, I believe. That's and, correct, yeah. yeah. So maybe we can look at that as part of the content. We can also touch on... Like, should you be, how often should you be contacting people? What kind of times of the day? What kind of subject lines? Yeah. It's always worth getting someone else to read your copy. Because uh, for me, for example, I'll always have to cut out half of what I write. You write it and then you have to uh, pick out the best bits and maybe cut off some of the fat that's around the edges. And it'd be really good to do, do a session just on how to, how to structure the content and how to organize your emails.